everybody. Billy Halting here. Thanks for tuning in. It's Guitar Night here at the Jazz Roundtable. Fun show tonight with Pat Kelly from L.A., Joe Robinson from Australia but living in Nashville, and Vinnie Raniolo from New York. It's fun to have three musicians here who play the same instrument. We'll talk about their unique origin stories and teaching in the modern world and more. And of course, they each play a little bit. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. As always, the Jazz Roundtable is recorded in front of a live internet audience. I've edited a bit from the original show, like taking out the reading of chat room comments and tip shoutouts. They don't seem to translate well into the podcast format, but everything else is there from the live show. These shows are free, but if you'd like to leave us a little something in the tip jar, I explain how to do that during the show. But please note, live at 0bpm.com is spelled live, A-T-Z-E-R-O-B-P-M.com. We always love it if you subscribe and leave a review as that really helps us spread the word. I want to make this show better. You can help. So please send me uh, ideas to podcast at live at 0bpm.com. Thank you and have fun listening. Welcome to the Jazz Roundtable, brought to you by Live at 0bpm with your host, Grammy Award winning percussionist and mallet player, Billy Holting. Tonight's guests, Pat Kelly, Joe Robinson, and Vinny Radiolo. If you care to donate, click on the donate slash tip jar link in the description or on our website at live at 0bpm.com slash tip jar. You can also tip on Venmo at Z-E-R-O-B-P-M. And now, let's get to the music with your host, Billy Halting. Hey, everybody out there in internet land. <laughs> uh, we're doing another jazz roundtable. Uh, this, is, this is number five, and it's guitar night. It just kind of worked out that way. It's kind of exciting because we have L.A., Nashville via Australia, uh, and New York all in the house together. And let me get the guys in here, you know? There they are. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, Billy. How you doing? Uh, good. Well, we're, we're up on YouTube, uh, Twitch, and uh, Facebook right now, live, and this also becomes a podcast. I did mention in the, uh, in the intro that if you want a tip, we're 100% tip-based. Uh, the money gets distributed evenly here, and uh, anything you can do to say thank you, that'd be great, even if you're listening to the podcast or watching the archive. You're watching this tomorrow or, you know, in 2028, and you want a tip, I make sure the money gets to the right people, so... Anyway, enough about that. Let me introduce the guys here from Los Angeles. We have Mr. Pat Kelly. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then Joe Robinson, who is currently in Nashville but hails from Australia. Hello, everybody. And then our New York representative, Mr. Vinny Raniolo. I pronounced your name right, didn't I, Vinny? <clears throat> Was that right? Beautifully. Okay, good. <laughs> I've been practicing all week. So... Uh, but let's just jump right into it. One of the first questions we like to ask, because people are always interested in, is when your day starts, the, when it's music time for you guys, what do you get into? What's your first thing? Pat, let's start with you. Wow. Well, I usually just uh, pick up the guitar, and, and most of the time now, I just play, start playing some of the tunes I know and just kind of, you know, don't worry about going too fast, just kind of get warmed up and just... I, I mostly play play tunes now. You know, my practicing is so much different than it was years ago when I was drilling things, like most of us have done, and all that sort of thing. So I usually just play play some tunes and kind of kind of have a good time with them for a while, and I get warmed up. That's usually how I get started. Do you have a particular set of tunes you your kind of go to warm up tunes, or do you just no, whatever pops into your head? Not necessarily, because I've got a lot of tunes, and uh, you know, sometimes it might be one that I'm just trying to get together more or, or just 
one that I've played a lot. Can kind of go either way. Yeah. And Joe, what about yourself? Well, I've been uh, practicing like I used to when I was a teenager, ever since the beginning of lockdown. You know, I always love waking up early. So when I was a teenager, I would set my alarm for, alarm for 4 a.m. and I would get wow. up and practice before school. And so that's kind of incompatible with touring and playing concerts where you go on stage <laughs> at 8 p.m. So I kind of got back into the early morning routine during COVID and, and I really enjoyed that. And basically what that looks like for me is I'll wake up you know, quite early and I uh, have a practice journal and generally I'd practice for anywhere from two to four hours. Four hours is my goal. Mm -hmm. And I'm working on arranging tunes, practicing tunes, uh, writing tunes, and uh, a whole variety of things. And I actually have been posting my daily practicing schedule oh, really? on my Guitar Synergy channel. Oh, so, cool. Uh, we're going to talk anybody, about... We're, we're going to yeah. talk about the, the synergy channels and all the teaching channels you guys are using these days. But that's interesting. Now, when you do the journal, do you then look at yesterday and say, oh, you know, I didn't songwrite enough yesterday, so I'm going to do more of that today. Do you try to balance it out, or do you kind of go with what your inspiration is for that day? Well, usually I'm working for a specific project. Like, I want to make a video on this song, so I'll kind of be woodshedding that arrangement for a while. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going in the studio to record this song. So I'll, I'll be practicing that one. So usually it's kind of, it just depends on what I'm really trying to work on at the moment. But the journal to me just helps me stay focused and it helps me be aware of how I'm spending my time. And I just find it, I just have a lot more productive, you know, practicing experience <laughs> if, well, if I do that. It's, I seem to remember that uh, the, the, one of the women on the team that I work with on the music camps, which I'll explain later, that's where I met Joe and I met Vinny, uh, she is into this journaling thing. And I guess there's apps for this sort of journaling instead of, they're not like to-do lists, they're more like a modern version of these sorts of things. So I got to look those up and, and get into that more. But this seems like that's a musical extension of that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, cool. it's, it's um, very much like people do morning pages and they get up and, and journal in the morning and... And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the feeling of having put in a few hours of practice before 9 or 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. just, to me, is a great way to start the day. So that's my preferred great. way and, of doing things. And, Vinny, what about you? Well, definitely I, I agree with Joe that the uh, lockdown has helped me uh, get back into my morning routine of practicing, especially since there's no gigs so I haven't had those late nights. Um, so I've been able to wake up early and practice, get the guitar in my hands, get the blood flowing, have a little cup of coffee, get a little inspiration. Uh, you know, I'd start out just playing a couple chords, playing a couple melodies, and then, you know, working on some tunes and working on some, some projects that I've had coming up. Um, you know, there ha hasn't been that many projects because of COVID, but there's been a lot of recordings. Um, you know, so I've been working on that, learning some new songs. And just, uh, you know, keeping the guitar in my hands as much as possible, you know, because with the lack of gigs, the gigs were always the reason why I had the guitar in my hands, because mm -hmm. I had uh, something something to work for. Um, you know, so I've just been trying to trying to keep uh, keep the blood flowing in my hands and just keep keep the, um, you know, keep the guitar in my hands and keep, I get and it. keep playing. 
I get it. It's interesting during the line. We're gonna. I'm just gonna ask you guys about the recording projects you're doing now. But I find that my, for myself, it's like I'm used to playing for five minutes on a recording. I don't know what's gonna happen when I get called for a four-hour gig. <laughs> Just the chops and that sort of thing. So now, but speaking of that, during COVID, a lot of people have said that they are getting, they're doing a lot more tracking at home for people. And what are you guys working on? Let we can start with you, Vinny. Um, well, I've been working a lot with um, uh, singer Dina Martin. So she's she's asked me to record a few things. That's Dean Martin's daughter. Uh, so so she's had me um, uh, record a few things for her. She's got a, a show every Friday night. And um, there's also a, a band that I've been playing a lot in New York City with uh, before COVID. So um, they've they've been trying to record uh, CDs, you know, vir virtually, just having the, the violin player play and, and the bass player play. But usually it would start with me because I would come up with the arrangement. So I'd be the the building block, you know, the the the, the starting point. Um, and I've been getting together with, with Frank here and there, and we've been doing some virtual gigs and stuff like that. So, you know, um, you know, COVID's been a little tough with music, but I've been trying to do as much as I can. I also have a, a channel that I've been uh, doing a lot of educational work for. So I've just been keeping really busy with the recording end from my, from my home. Got some nice microphones and just doing the best I could with that. Now, when, when you say that you're, you're basing the arrangements on you, are they kind of, are they asking you to, hey, well, how, how, where do you see this tune? What do you want to, what should we do with this? And you're just coming up with it? Or are they giving you a direction and you're just the first one that lays tracks down? Uh, well, it's, it's led a little bit by the vocalist. Her name is Tatiana Evermarie, and she, um, she kind of has an idea of what the, what she wants for the song. Like she'll say, okay, well, I want an intro, you know, eight, okay. 16 bars, whatever, you know, and then she'll sing the melody and then she'll say, okay, then I want a guitar solo. Then I want a clarinet solo. Then I want this. I want us to go back into the verse. And then I want us to change key and go to the chorus. And then I want you to come up with an ending. So it'll okay. be a very loose arrangement. And then I'll kind of just be the one that plays the, the part, and then everybody has to match what I, what I play after that. That's cool. And Pat, you've been working on some things and producing and playing on some stuff, right? Yeah, there have been a couple of things that have uh, gone well. Um, I co-produced a record with piano player George Kahn, and uh, that, we got that finished up during the pandemic, and, uh, and it went to number five on the jazz, uh, kind of straight ahead jazz charts. And uh, let's see, another record I was involved in with uh, David Benoit, uh, Mark Winkler, did a really neat record together, and I uh, played on that as well. I didn't, didn't produce that, but had, had some couple of good guitar features on the, on the record and everything. And that record's doing pretty well right now, I believe, too. Uh, hasn't been out too long. Um, so, yeah, just, uh, you know, trying to keep... Those are the two things that, that I guess got out the most. I've got a few things in the in the cans myself that I need to finish up and uh, all that and actually played a live gig last night uh, which was a lot of fun it was with uh, Greg Karukas he's doing an organ uh, thing calls it a or, uh, soul jazz organ party and uh, does a lot of the yeah well that's how I met a lot of fun yeah. You were going to come play here with Greg's Yeah, I was going to do that with him one before, time. And then we got all shut down in December, and that's how I met yeah. you. And we've still to have Greg's band come in and play. So we're yeah, going to we get on we're that. 
tearing it up last night, play a, over a two-hour set just straight wow. through uh, outside at uh, Spagatini. It's in Seal Beach, one of the kind of main jazz clubs here. Uh, yeah, it's a big one. And a lot of guys. California area. And, uh, yeah, great crowd. It was, yeah, fun to, fun to be out there playing. Cool. And, uh, Joe, what about yourself? Well, I've been uh, playing quite a few sessions here in Nashville for different people. You know, just being in town, it's... Uh, it's nice to be around more for those things because before COVID, I was on the road, you know, 150 shows a year, roughly. And I recorded a new album, All which right. I happen to have right. an LP of right here. And uh, that, that was kind of released in November. That's Borders, so right? Borders, yes. Um, I, I really enjoyed putting that together. And uh, I wrote the songs and recorded the album well recorded and released the album within 30 days so it was wow. really a go to woe let's do this project and uh other than that I've, I've been live streaming every week for 35 weeks now in a row wow on my facebook page and youtube <clears throat> and uh, that's been really really nice to connect with people and i've also been recording a lot of videos here in my in my studio um you know original songs and cover songs putting them up on, on YouTube, as well as my, my teaching channel, Guitar cool. Synergy. So wanna, lots of different things. I want to dig into that really deep later, but I'm gonna, let's, uh, let's spotlight Mr. Pat Kelly here for a second. Hi, Pat. Hey, Billy. <laughs> now, you might notice that Pat is in the house today. He's in studio today. We had uh, some issues with the internet connection to his place, so he's gracious enough to offer to come down and play, and it looks great and it sounds great. So, Pat, you know, for those of you who don't know him, you know, I first heard Pat when I was in college because Pat was a major force in the L.A. jazz fusion scene. Back before the whole smooth jazz thing, guys were playing just amazingly cool stuff in the jazz fusion world. And I actually saw Pat at a club called The Flying Jib. And I was underage, and somehow my roommates, who were overage, <laughs> got me <laughs> in there. And you were playing with Vinnie Cagliuta. Who else was in that band at the time? Oh, well, that, that was a killing band. Yeah, Vinny Caliuta, uh, Neil Steubenhaus on the mm. bass, um, Barnaby Finch on uh, keyboards, Dave Boroff was the leader of the band, really, and um, Michael Fisher on percussion. So we, we played, uh, boy, we had some incredible audiences. We, we had such a buzz, as you probably remember from the audiences were <laughs> amazing. We'd have like Stevie Wonder, Al Jarreau, That's all, right. oh, wow. Tommy LaPuma, all sorts of people coming, Jay Graydon, Bill Champlin, all these people came in there. It was like the happening place. And that was um, a big thing for everybody that was in that band. We were all kind of new guys in L.A. Mm -hmm. and started playing there. I guess right in the late 70s, actually, and then I think it lasted till about 1982. We played there for about three years. You know, and uh, Well, yeah, I we remember guys coming back from the shows just blown away, like, <laughs> oh, my God, they wouldn't shut up about it. And finally I was like, guys, you got to get me in. <laughs> so, uh, but now that was pre... Now, when you... The, I looked up some of the albums. The albums that are available on iTunes, the first one is High Heels, but that's 89. That's so actually my third... CD, uh, yeah, that was uh, some of the same guys. Uh, actually, yeah, we tracked that. Uh, yeah, we tracked that whole record. Vinny played on that whole record, and we had two percussionists, Luis Conte and Michael Fisher, at the same time tracking wow. uh, at Ocean Way, great studio here, uh, tracking uh, 
several different keyboard players and several different bass players. Uh, John Patitucci, uh, Neil Steubenhouse, Kenny Wild. Oh yeah. Uh, various uh, had a bunch of different people uh, and a few of the chairs. But anyway, that was that was real fusion days. You know, I had the big old rack. Uh, yeah, we're I'm, talking I'm about. I'm done with that now. That you know, everybody refrigerators. had refrigerators and of racks <laughs> yeah, and stuff. So much stuff, it's crazy. But I want to. I something about all. Three of you is there's kind of some cool origin stories <laughs> for you guys, for you superhero guitar players. But why don't you tell them what you told me about your first instrument and how you got into in styles and how you got discovered oh. jazz and that sort of thing. All right, yeah. Well, I started playing on on a ukulele. Uh, my dad gave me because I was begging to play, and I was only about four years old or four and a half years old. So he showed me how to read those the little chord diagrams you know, in a book and. Uh, I remember learning My Buddy was like the first song I ever learned. For some reason, I remember that. It was in this book. And uh, anyway, probably about five and a half or so, he, he fixed up a little guitar that he had as a, as a boy, and, and I started playing on that for a while before I got my first electric guitar. And just learning uh, tunes, you know, he would have jam sessions. And uh, one of my still really close friends, he may be watching, uh, named Fred Daniel, who used to come over and play with my dad, uh, was, a, was a big influence, too. He had a, uh, a 1952 uh, tel Blackguard Telecaster that uh, had a sound that I always remembered. I'd go try and sing it, you know, in my head, you know. So I, was, I got pretty serious about, about it from the time I was six, seven years old, and I knew I wanted to be a, a pro guitar player, even at that age. Cool, cool. And then, uh, but now when I when I checked out the album, like uh, high, what's the first album that I mentioned? Uh, high heels. Yeah, you mentioned. You're playing that. a like an electric, electric. Oh band. yeah, it was much more electric. There's a lot of overdrive sound on the record, and you know, big rack with a stereo sound and all all that kind of stuff. But you had switched by the time you did the road home, which was five years later. Were you playing? It was it, you had evolved your your tone and your style a little bit there. Well, I always had a, a jazz tone. I mean, I had an L5 uh, that I got when I was a teenager, and uh, I've got some old recordings that are on cassettes in various places that don't sound that different from what I'm doing here now. I mean, I'm uh, I've come quite a way since then, but uh, but I had a a lot of jazz sensibilities before the fusion thing for sure we were just uh you know i moved i'm, I'm from tulsa oklahoma i didn't say that by the way uh that's where where i grew up so when i moved to california uh, i had in mind that i wanted to be a jazz player and a studio musician both so uh that i grew up playing all kinds of different styles uh a friend of my dad's uh another friend brought over some howard roberts and johnny smith and Mm -hmm. Joe Pass, other kinds of records. I started get, listening to Wes and Kenny Burrell, and you know all the uh, all the guys. You know that <laughs> guys my age would would be listening to, and uh, so I was doing that and studying that stuff at the same time I was in a teenage band playing uh, you know Beatles songs and Hendrix and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and then later in a soul band, also a nine piece soul band with horns, which that was a very big uh, thing probably for helping me learn how to play R&B rhythm and things that, uh, you know, helped me get into uh, a lot of the work situations. I've been extremely lucky to always be in work. 
Yeah, well, you've done a lot. I mean, Natalie Cole, amongst a billion others, if you go look at the resume, I mean, I mean if you want to see any full resumes and sort of, all that's on the website under the Musicians tab. I've got full bios up of everybody and how you can find them on, on Facebook and everything. But, Pat, do you want to play us a song? I guess I could do that, yeah. I kind of specialize mostly in older songs now. I mean, I just like the American Songbook, and so I, I know a lot of tunes like that. So here's one that was from, from 1941 from a movie called Babes on Broadway, which I've actually never seen, but it, but I know it starred... Uh, uh, who did it start? <laughs> Mickey Rooney. And, so anyway, well, let me play this song. It's called How About You. Very nice. So, uh, Francie, who you may know, Francie <laughs> yeah. Kelly, has I think I know her. she says it's Judy Garland and Mickey Rooney. Judy Garland's who I meant to say. Yes, Mickey That's Rooney. Right. <laughs> and you also have a friend, Eddie Daniel. Eddie Davis says, hi, Pat. Ah, hey, Eddie. Thanks That's for cool. being here again. 
Cool. And I, I'm going to come back to you, Pat, but I want to move over to Joe. And I've got a nice segue because, uh, let's see, Larry D'Amico, who's watching from Illinois, says uh, Joe's new album is great. And that's Borders is the newest one, correct? Yeah, I've yep. been listening to that also. And I know you've got a cool origin story and how you got there because listening to your, the albums that are on uh, the Apple iTunes right now, uh, you can hear how your, your, your focus, not focus, your style has, has changed a little bit and morphed and everything, but uh, you can still hear a lot of that original style of playing even in the newest album. And uh, let's go to Joe here. Let me get the, the little personal one-on-one -on -one thing here. So, hello, Joe. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for tuning in from Nashville. I know you and Vinny are staying up late to do this, which is kind of fun. Uh, so, thank no, you. No worries, Bill. It's, it's not nice to see you again. It's, it's been yeah, too long. It has been too long. Now, Joe, I met Joe because I direct these a lot of music workshop camps around the country, and one I do is for Tommy Emanuel, and Joe was, was one of the guests at one of the camps, and he came in and played, and it was kind of mind-blowing because walks in, he looks so young, and he plays like an old soul, which is really neat. If you, uh, I'll put links to all these recordings and everything in the show notes for this, so you can go and find easily find and do that. So, But Joe, why don't you tell us, now you did your first album when you were like 15, but you started playing way before that. How did you start? What was, what was your origin story? Well, I grew up in Australia, out in the bush, and uh, you know, it was this little farmhouse and my parents played music a lot, so I was around a lot of music and a lot of musicians. And I started playing piano when I was about five or six, and I just couldn't really get into it. And I think it was because I had to sit there in the middle of the house and practice while everyone was listening to me. <laughs> and I started playing guitar when I was 10, and I just fell in love with it and became obsessed with playing. I had a really great teacher when I first started who showed me how to play, you know, folk songs and music I really enjoyed. And from there I, you know, started my own band and started jamming with any, any and everybody I could. And from there I connected with Phil Emanuel and Tommy Emanuel. And when I heard Tommy play solo, it really inspired me to want to figure out how to play fingerstyle guitar in, in a way that, you know, I could travel and perform as a solo guitarist. And that's kind of what I've been doing for the, for the, for the you know, past number of years. Well, let me ask a question, because we have a number of non-musicians that listen to this also, and we certainly have musicians that don't play guitar that listen as well. But can you describe, what does fingerstyle exactly mean? Well, fingerstyle is using all ten fingers to play the instrument. So rather than playing with a pick, which you can only play, you know, it's, it's more difficult to play counterpoint lines, and counterpoint, you know, is two lines being played together. But with fingerstyle, I can play a melody on top. Now I can play some accompaniment with the, with the thumb. put both together. <laughs> yes, it's just that simple, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 
No, that's a, that's, a, that's a great explanation. And so I'm sure people will understand that more. But you, you have a bunch of accolades and everything, but then you moved from Australia to the States. Yeah, I moved when I was 18 years old. Basically, I was the winner of Australia's Got Talent. And, uh, and it was a large cash prize I won. And I had just left high school mm-hmm. and was kind of just traveling around playing music. And I had the opportunity to play at a few music festivals in the U.S. And to do that, I needed a visa. So I applied for a O-1 visa, which actually lasts for three years. Mm-hmm. And I got it. And I thought, well, you know, I, I met a manager over in the U.S. And I just made a lot of connections here in Nashville, especially where people are real friendly in the South. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just thought I'll rent an apartment in Nashville for a year and make an album and see what happens and I've, I've been here for 11 years now it's a great music community and uh yeah i've been fortunate to play with a lot of really incredible people that's awesome now uh oh i forgot the question i was going to ask you well do you want to play us something sure okay yeah i'm going to play a, a new arrangement that i've been working on it's a arrangement of the old jose feliciano's song affirmation that george benson recorded on his uh, 19, I think, 75 album? 76, maybe? 76. Yeah, there you go.
Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Thank Very you. cool. I, I'm going to come back to you in a little bit because there's a lot of, you know, your, your resume, and, and we're going to talk about the gigs. I looked at your schedule coming up, and you've got a bunch of stuff starting in July. And I also want to talk to all three of you guys about the teaching sites, but I want to go to Vinny right now. And let's see. Let's get the Vinny cam up here. Here he is. Uh, I met Vinny on another Tommy Emanuel trip and was blown away at, uh, the, you know, the stuff because he was there kind of as a duo with uh, Frank Vignola, right? Vignola? Am I pronouncing it correctly? That's correct. Vignola, yep. Vignola, okay. Uh, and they were playing this kind of what I would describe as like a jump swing, gypsy jazz duo thing, but it was just way more than you'd expect from two guitar players. I mean, thoroughly arranged stuff. You guys it just, it, it was really wonderful. And, you know, it was really fun. Watching you guys on stage is a blast. Uh, and you were describing it. Well, let's get back to your origin story, because you have a great story about a teacher back in the day. You grew up and you started out on electric guitar. And? Yeah, well, I, I started on acoustic guitar. Oh, My, uh, I wanted to play guitar so bad. I was actually playing saxophone before. I don't know if I told you this. But uh, just like uh, Joe, he didn't want to play, play piano. I didn't want to play the saxophone just because I wasn't really into the whole, like, you know, like the spit on the mouthpiece and all that stuff. And then I'd pick it up and I'd smell my own breath and it was weird. You know, so I kind of gave up the saxophone for that reason. And I really wanted to play guitar because all my friends were playing the guitar. Um, so it was more of a social thing for me. So, um, you know, my parents didn't want me to play guitar. Um, they thought I was just going to quit it like I was going to quit the saxophone. But my grandmother had my uncle's old acoustic that had such seriously high action and it hurt my fingers to play. But I didn't care. I still played it. And then they saw me sticking with it. I got the Mel Bay book one and it was trying to, you know, play all the, you know, I, I, I played all the stuff in book one. And then they're like, oh, all right, we're, we're going to get you lessons. And that first um, teacher that I had was teaching me all these awesome uh, jazz tunes, which were more of like the jam jazz tunes like Blue Bossa and all those Herbie Hancock tunes like Watermelon Man and Cantaloupe Island. How old were you at this I time? Was, I started to play guitar when I was 13. And you were learning jazz so, tunes at 13? At age 13, yeah. Wow. I was learning how to play some jazz tunes. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing what my teacher was teaching me. Um, but then I went to a uh, school half a day uh, specifically for music. It was like a board of, oper uh, you know, board of uh, cooperational educational services to learn a trade. So they had one for art. So you could go for music, you could go for musical theater, visual arts, and whatever you wanted. So I went for music. We had a great jazz teacher, and he played us recordings. And I remember hearing Herb Ellis and Joe Pass, Two for the Road. And when I heard that, I knew I wanted to do that. And then he played me um, uh, John Pizzarelli's Mr. Cole, P.S. Mr. Cole. He played me some West Montgomery. And I was like, I got to play jazz. But before that, um, you know, when I first picked up the guitar, I, uh, I wanted to hang out with my friends. So I learned all the Metallica riffs that they wanted to learn and play. So, yeah. you know, I was a metalhead at first. <laughs> so it was a long road to get to the jazz world. Well, that's cool, but you know, it's it, you're well rounded because of that. Do you, do you ever pick up the uh, the electric and play some met, uh, Metallica tunes? Uh, yeah, here here and there. You know, yeah. I like playing a little Master of Puppets and uh, One and stuff stuff like that. Very cool. <laughs> you know, but uh, 
and mostly it's 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 pop rock. Some some people hire me for some pop rock, so I get to get into a little bit of the punk rock and pop rock stuff. Well, that's cool. And now you, we're going to talk about this, like I keep saying, but you're doing a lot of stuff with the educational sites. You said you've been focusing on that the last year or so, uh, Rhythmship and True Fire. Tell us about. Tell us. About uh, yeah, True well, Fire. well, True Fire hosts my channel, which is which I called Rhythmship. Because uh, it's a little play on words like musicianship. You're, mm-hmm. you're, um, you know, you're advancing your musicianship through your rhythm playing. So it's kind of like rhythmship. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about with a lot of guests just maintaining income during the uh, during the pandemic lockdown because you know all the gigs have gone down. Everybody's touring has been shut down. Uh, sessions are still happening. You know, at first it was a lot of cats just get together to play, but now that's picking up. And a lot of guys have gone to doing the uh, education thing. Some guys do it on their own, but I think True Fire is that. Do they host teaching sites? Is that what that is specifically, or is it just a hosting company? Um, well, they record a lot of courses for all different artists. Okay. Uh, Joe's recorded a bunch of albums, Tommy Emmanuel, Steve Vai, uh, my, my guitar partner, Frank Vignola, uh, Mimi Fox, you, you, you name it. I mean, if there's a guitar player out there, they've recorded a course for them, but they've also um, created channels mm-hmm. so that people can subscribe to the channel so that artists can just post up lessons, like, you know, just talking on the road, giving advice and, you know, giving recommendations on listening, what to listen to and stuff like that. So definitely if you check out True Fire and see all the channels and all the courses that are available, uh, there's just so much information. You could just throughout, you know, all the lockdown, you could learn as much as you want about about the guitar. So is it like a subscription site, kind of almost like Patreon, more geared towards lessons? Um, yes, in a way, for the channels, that's a very pre- Patreon style of, uh, of selling the, the, the lessons. But they also have courses where you just could just buy a one-off course. Like, oh, let's me. say you're interested okay. in finger style. You could buy a lesson just on finger style. If you're into uh, jazz guitar, you could buy a lesson from an artist that's just on jazz guitar. You know, but then you could subscribe to somebody's channel, and then you could really get into that person's style and the way that they, and then the way that they teach. Cool. So just like I had uh, Joe there explain the finger style, there's something that I've seen you do a lot of where you're kind of playing the boom, chick, boom, chick, the, playing the bass line and playing the chords at the same time. Do you, would you have a name for that? And can you kind of demonstrate that? Would that kind of, do you know what I'm talking about? Like you did on the, what was the Hungarian dance tune that I saw you play with Tommy and Frank? Oh well, that well that one is such a fast tempo. I'm really just hanging on for for dear life. Um, you might hear a little bit of the baseline, but really what it is is it's not so much the baseline; it's more the the rhythm. Uh, so I just use the pick. So um, I mean, it's more of a percussive sound than it is really a uh, baseline sound. <laughs> So you can hear that there's really no bass line going in there, but you can really hear the percussive sound of what's going on there. It can really keep the, keep the groove going and keep the tempo moving forward. Yeah, very exciting stuff. Well, would you like to play something for us? Sure. Um, 
we lost a lot of great guitar players this past year, unfortunately, and one of them was somebody who was very close was very close to me, Bucky Pizzarelli. So any chance I get, I like to play something that Bucky played. So this is Stomping at the Savoy. He always uh, played this every every show and had a great arrangement of it. So here's Stomping at the Savoy. Very nice. <laughs> Howard says, uh, oh, he wants to know, Pat, is that a D'Angelico or D'Aquisto guitar? It's a Roger Boris guitar, although Roger was an apprentice for D'Aquisto for uh, quite some time, made uh, quite a few of his guitars, I think, right at the toward the end and so forth. He's been on his own for a long time. I, ha I have two of his guitars, and he's an East Coast uh, 
guitar builder and been making guitars a long time. Very cool. Yeah. So I know we're going to talk about guitars before, but I think it's... Uh... Oh, there it is. There's the alarm clock. Uh-oh. So all of you regulars out there know what it's time for. <laughs> Conversations in music. <laughs> I promised a new a new bumper for that, and I finally did it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess I got to bump up the audio on that one. But it's time for conversations in music. This is where we let the guys actually try a little bit and play. Now, all y'all out there in internet land know that there's latency, so they can't actually play together. But they're going to trade some uh, some musical ideas. They're going to have a conversation, and I'm going to turn it over to you guys. And Pat, why don't you start it off? We're going to jam on your song. Conversations in music. <laughs> now let's do something different. Uh, okay, so we're gonna trade some blues choruses, I think we said. So here goes, I'll kick it off. we could do that together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I imagine at some point in the future they will figure out a way to get us all to jam Absolutely. together <laughs> across the country. But that was still really great. So let's go. Let's do another quick round again. I just want to talk to Pat for a second. And again, I didn't. I don't like to dwell on the 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 resumes of everybody so much, but because Pat, you've been around for a long time. You play with a ton of people. Do you, do you have a favorite venue you ever played? Can you think of a place on tour somewhere? Man, that that is really a tough one. Uh, okay, name your top twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I played Carnegie Hall about four times, but I must say that wasn't necessarily as exciting as uh, some venues. Maybe some of the European venues. You know, you know the North Sea Jazz Festival and mm -hmm. the Nice France Jazz Festival. Some of yeah. those festivals were really pretty cool. You know, you see Miles Davis walking to the lobby hotel. I was always too afraid to try to say anything to him. But well, yeah, I remember the North Sea Festival, because I played there a bunch of times. They used to put, when it was in The Hague, The Hague, all, yeah. the, with a hotel that was just musicians. Yeah, And yeah. the jam and session played, at night was off the hook. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, I toured, you probably know, I, I toured with George Benson for five years, and uh, so yeah. he did a lot of those European festivals and uh, and in concerts in Asia and lots of other places too. So uh, some of those were mm -hmm. an awful lot of fun. Cool. And then uh, now we talked about how you progressed from the fusion thing, but now you're doing a little bit more of a straight ahead thing with your newest album. What's the last album that you had came out? Uh, well, uh, I did a, a guitar duo duo record uh, not too long ago because uh, I, I love playing duo I you know wish we could do that right here right now <laughs> yeah. latency because I know so many guitar players and I did a a record that was just uh, you know two guitars on each song you know kind of loose but it was I had uh, Peter Bernstein and uh, Bruce Foreman Frank Potenza Anthony Wilson mm -hmm. Larry Koontz John Pisano John Stoll John Story uh, I forget, probably forgot somebody. I better not have. I'm just trying to run it yeah. down. But anyway, uh, that that was a, a really fun project, just getting together and doing like one song each with them. So I uh, kind of have plans to maybe do a second version. There's so many guys I'd like to do that with. So and then you have an album out called "Sing Me Back Home." I guess that was yeah, about five years yeah, ago. I did that. Uh, that was kind of a, a wacky record. Uh, I mean, not wacky. I really enjoyed doing it. I just mean different. For me, uh, because um, well, I I taught it. Uh, this doesn't seem related, but I'll bring it in. I taught at USC in the guitar department for 24 years, which mm -hmm. I just retired from not too very long ago too. So we always had to do a merit review uh, thing in the last few years I was here, and they would expect you know you'd do some kind of project or album or something. And I had been going back to my hometown while my dad was ailing, and. Uh, uh, before he passed away, and I'd started going back there a lot, and I started playing with a lot of local musicians back in, in Tulsa, uh, a lot of which I I moved away from there so long ago. There were a few of them that I knew, but a lot of new musicians, and, and started doing a, a lot of gigs with, with some singers. Uh, so uh, I just decided, hey, it'd be fun to do a record with some singers from Tulsa. So that's what that was all about. I uh, recorded, I actually, the studio there, I recorded a couple of tunes with each of uh, five singers and then I brought it back to my studio and just you know finished doing it basically played everything on the record myself drums bass you oh know, wow all kinds of and you were like a main staple in the LA studios way back in the day and you were also on the bands for Merv Griffin show of Pat Sajak Carol Burnett 
Uh, that was, you know, yeah. again, like a big heyday in music. Yeah, that was really something because the uh, Merv show, uh, well, I, gosh, I was fortunate. I followed some amazing guitar players on that uh, show because the show ran for 20-something years. It started in New York, you know. They, uh, uh, Herb Ellis was on the show, Jim Hall, mm. Mundell Lowe right wow. before me in L.A., and uh, then I came in and did about the last five years of that. So that kind of thing is really fantastic because... Uh, there's still a lot of time to do all sorts of other things, and Mort Lindsay, the uh, musical director, uh, was fond of my compositions. I've written a lot of songs. I used to do mostly all original music, you know, back in the mm -hmm. earlier days, and uh, he liked a lot of those. He used a lot of them on the show as well for play-ons, so there were, there were a lot of cool things that came out of that for sure. And uh, when we were doing the test runs leading up to the Jazz Roundtable, we had the socially distant shows, you and your wife Francie performed on our Valentine's Day, our Jazz Couples Day. <laughs> yes, we did. And she sang with you, and that was really special. you got to get her back on here. Yeah, I've got to get her back. Well, do you want to play another tune for us? All right, well, let's play another tune. I'm going to play uh, even an older song here. Oh, written right. In, written in 1932 by a female composer, Anne Ronell, piano player, and, uh, uh, and it's called Willow Weep for Me. Thank you. 
Very nice, Pat. That was very cool. Uh, you know, let's get on to Joe. It's, uh, let me find my Joe cam. There it is. <laughs> Joe, right. you, uh, I, I had a, one other thing I was going to ask you, and I'm looking at my notes here. But uh, now you play in the Guitar Army. Are you doing that now? We're not doing a whole lot with the Guitar Army now. That started out with uh, Robin Ford, yeah. Leroy Parnell, and myself. And we toured, you know, we did kind of a West Coast Texas run and then a North, Northeast run. And then the second version featured John Jorgensen, Leroy mm -hmm. Parnell, and myself. Very and, cool. uh, and I'm looking forward to when I get to play with those guys again, but we haven't played together in a, in a minute. Cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. And looking at your yeah. upcoming shows, you've got a lot with Tommy Emanuel. Yeah. And then you've got a lot of solo gigs, or it's just your headlining. So is it with the band, or are you doing solo gigs, or what are you doing there? I, I play solo when I, when I headline. Um, I had a trio for about five years. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed playing with, you know, a kind of rotating cast of great musicians. But, uh, you know, I've really gotten into the solo thing, and definitely Tommy has been a, a great influence and mentor. And you know how much you can do with with just the guitar in a, yeah. in a nice in a nice hall. And so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to going out with him. We've had a tour scheduled for you know quite a while, and shows have been rescheduled and mm -hmm. and uh, and moved. So it's going to be great to be, share a stage with him again. Very cool. And then your albums, the ones that I saw, Birdseed and then Time Jumping, that was more songwriting, and then Let Me Introduce You was your first rock instrumental. I mean, the first track on it was kind of a rock instrumental. It was almost a fusion mm -hmm. sort of thing. Uh, yeah. And then Undertones and Borders, which is the current album out now. And I can just say, honestly, you know, I, I really like the albums because you are. it showcases your virtuosity on guitar without screaming you in the face with it <laughs> you know yeah. it's there and you can definitely hear the the groove and everything and the writing is great and diatonic i mean uh chromatic harmonies oh wow in a pop album it's kind of kind of cool i don't want to say pop out. i don't want to pigeonhole i just i would suggest you go and find joe's site and listen to these things it's really cool musical stuff and just like some really impressive guitar solos in there and it reminds me a year or so ago or a couple of years ago somebody said that the guitar solo is dying in in popular music you know, the, 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 so much of it is heavily produced solos. You know, you can, it's almost like they were written out ahead of time and that sort of thing. And I really got m much more of an improvisational vibe from your tracks on your albums. And so I personally want to thank you for that. So, well, thanks, they sound Billy. Like they're a lot of fun and you're singing and everything. So uh, how did that start? Was that just a natural evolution? I mean, I guess you also worked with Rodney Crowell for years and he's such an amazing songwriter. Uh, did you yeah. formally study with him, or was it just hanging out with him and, 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 and hearing so many of those great lyrics that helped you with your lyric writing? Yeah, well, hanging out with Rodney has really given me an appreciation for the craft of songwriting. Um, the way it kind of evolved for me was I started playing a lot of solo concerts, and, you know, I'm on stage for 90 minutes, and I have, you know, people who are young, people who are older, people who are musicians, people who are non-musicians in the crowd. And I just felt like if I just played instrumental music, I wasn't giving people, you know, the best show I could give them. And mm. so I wanted to sing and I wanted to tell stories about Australia and, um, yeah, bring in more of that, you know, 
in, into, into my show. I even have a spoken word poetry song that, that I do in my show. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, just finding really ways of developing a, a live show that's interesting and entertaining, that's, that's where it came from. And, you know, over the last few years, I, I feel like I've started to hone my, my own sound and my own touch on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I'm playing a song, whether it might be a kind of more blues-based song or a more folk-based song, um, song with a more of a, a funky groove, you know, I'm mm-hmm. always just trying to maximize the melodic elements, the harmonic elements, and the rhythmic elements. Those are the three elements of music. And so people can call it a number of different genres, but I, really what I'm searching for is, is just doing something that I personally like and I, that I think is, is something unique. So. Yeah, you could really, I could really hear it. And it's one of those things, I'm such an instrumentalist, I rarely listen to lyrics until like the fifth time I've heard a song. But I was <laughs> listening to your album in the car the other day, and I was, and this is, I wouldn't say this if I didn't actually mean it, I would just shut up about it. But it's like, I'm thinking, wow, these are like adult lyrics. They actually make sense. <laughs> and it isn't just some, you know what I mean? I yeah, think we well, all know what I'm talking about. But so anyway, bravo to you on those <clears> albums. But. You know, people can, I'll put all those links up and they can find that. They can, and now you're doing, you have a True Fire channel as well, just like Vinny, correct? I do. Cool. Yep, it's called Guitar Synergy. And, uh, you know, I'm posting videos every week just about. And there's full breakdowns of songs. There's, you know, a whole chapter on technique, all kinds of different technique. And, I get uh, your yeah, Facebook posts. And I see some of them pop up. And one of them I saw recently was like how to solo jazz over a D minor, you know, that sort of thing. That's really yeah. cool that you're doing that. And uh, I'll encourage people to check it out. You know, there's always, every one of you, every one of us can always still learn from people and, and that sort of thing. So, but let's, oh, and I, before you play your other tune, I know we're going really late because I, I got to stop saying this is an hour show because there's just too much to talk about. <laughs> but you told me about a practice thing you're doing now that's very unique for a guitar player. You want to tell the folks about it? Yeah, well, I mentioned this because I know, you know you're such a great percussionist, Billy. Um, but I've been playing drum rudiments on a pad and working with you know, a variety of books, stick control for the snare drummer, mm-hmm. especially, and just playing rudiments every morning. And like I mentioned, I post my practice schedule on my TrueFire channel every day. And I find that working with a metronome and the pad working on different rudiments just really helps our sense of time as as musicians so yeah i have fun I, i'm such a fan of, of great drummers too like i just yeah i just well, i'm a frustrated drummer i guess well you can you can hear the percussiveness and the groove in your solo playing so it's obvious that, that, that uh, that's helped but let's see uh you want to play another something for us yeah. Okay. Yeah, since, since, since this is the jazz roundtable, I will play a standard. This is my little rendition of Misty. And uh, I kind of took it from being a ballad and put some tempo behind it. I, I made this arrangement when I was, you know, fairly young. So let's, uh, let's check it out.
Yeah, man. Very cool. Thank and you were doing the whole baseline chords and melody thing at the same time. That just blows me away. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> but uh, okay, let's let's go down to let's go to Vinny. Hey, Vinny. Hey, Billy. <laughs> uh, now let's see. We were talking about something. Let's see. You're doing a lot of playing around New York with just like all the cats there, right? Well, maybe not all of them. Yeah, I'm trying to do as much as I can. Any gig I can get. Are they? Are the clubs opening up yet out there? Um, very slowly. There's no major clubs that have really opened up. Um, it's a lot of um, just just little restaurant gigs, outdoor gigs. Um, yeah. Yeah, Birdland's still closed. Iridium's all closed. Uh, there's some jazz clubs that down in the village are opening up. Did you did you lose any clubs? Did any fold during all of this? Because we had a couple um, in LA that well, closed. It was just tragic, you know. Yeah, Bird, Birdland's having a lot of trouble. Broadway is still, you know, still still dark. There's nothing really going on yet there. Um, but yeah, the, the other clubs have been hanging in there. I don't know how, how they're doing it, how they're paying all this rent and not getting any income. Well, I know there's they're a, still doing it. A new round of grants that has recently been going out now, and I think a lot of it has to do with the Save Our Stages, so let's hope that they all survive. We lost a big one here in L.A. The other ones are hanging on, but you know we're doing a lot of patio stuff, so guys are getting gigs playing you know, outdoor restaurant sort of things, and so it'll, it'll pick up, I'm, I'm hoping, so I'm optimistic. Um, but uh, on your now, do you have any books out, or is everything just on the teaching site? Uh, I have some DVDs. I did. I did a few for Stefan Grossman. There's about four out uh, that I've done a couple years ago about rhythm guitar. There's a chord melody one. There's a more advanced uh, rhythm guitar one. Um, what else? There's a uh, walking bass line lesson there so not not so much books but you know dvd with the with the book that goes along with it hmm. hey uh, i'm going to jump in here real quick eddie asks is vinnie coming back to sacramento with frank for the pbs in the future do you know i hope so that was one of my favorite gigs when you were talking about what's your you know favorite venue to oh, play yeah. i was thinking about it it's not so much the the venue it's more so the excitement of actually playing that gig and playing pbs especially in sacramento um we actually recorded a, a pbs special in sacramento with bucky pizzarelli and and tommy wow. emmanuel and that was one of the most exciting times of my life because i was in my early 20s doing that and here I am recording a, a television show with some of the greatest guitar masters alive. Yeah, that's crazy. And now you sent me a link, which I'll put in the show notes of you guys at the, is, am I pronouncing it correctly, the Tampere Guitar Festival? Yeah, that was one that I found on YouTube when you were asking me about concerts. You know, I, 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 re I remember watching that one and thinking like, wow, these guys did a really great job recording this. Mm -hmm. I think it was also because they don't really have jazz at that festival. They have a lot of classical music. Actually, when we played there, um, the Assad brothers were playing the, the night after us. So they were really into recording acoustic music. So I think that's why that that show came out so good because they had such good microphones and they knew how to record for acoustic instruments. Yeah, that's when I was talking earlier about the, the arrangements you guys do. They're just fantastic arrangements. It's not just like head solo head sort of thing. Uh, and that how much fun you guys have on stage. And I, I, 
uh, I can't remember the name of one of the songs, but you stop at the end and you have the audience sing the lyric back to you. Um, so yeah. I put that link in the show notes and I recommend everybody go. It's like an hour long concert thing, but it's filmed really well. It sounds really good. And you get to see the, the kind of joy in music that, that Vinny and Frank have when they play together. So I'll put that up there. But, and then you, you got a couple of albums out and you've got one called Air Guitar. Which, yeah, that you're, was you're, a fun one to record. You're not actually was, playing uh, an air guitar. You're playing a real guitar. No, there, no, no. There is actually music on there. My my mother was a little concerned about me naming it air guitar because she <laughs> thought that people would think that there's no music on it. But it's all songs about flying and space and that sort of thing. And where did you get an idea for an album like that, Vinny? Uh, well, well, funny you should mention because uh, we were talking about this the other <laughs> the other night. But um, you know, I've, I, I, a couple years ago, I got my pilot's license, and so so flying around, you know, kind of poking holes in clouds and stuff like that has become uh, very inspiring for me. You know, just I've just just like music, how it's an endless uh, learning experience. You know, you, you never stop. You never stop the uh, the ongoing forward motion of it. The same thing with with flying. It's just the you know you're just always learning something new, always having a new experience, and always going somewhere. Of course, um, you know. So I decided to you know record an album. You know, it was actually when um, my guitar partner Frank Vignola, who's who I've been playing with for about 15 years now, you know, he actually got into a, a very bad uh, accident. So he had to take over a year off. And so I was kind of like, well, I had about 90% of my gigs with him. So that was when I decided to record an album um, on my own. And I decided, you know, I needed some inspiration. So flying has been a huge part of my life in the past probably six or seven years. Wow, that's, that's really cool. Musicians who do other things. That's going to be a new segment on the show. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and yeah. you have another album coming up called, uh, what is it, Jet Guitar? Yeah, well, well, I've, I've been I've been toying around with that uh, because uh, during this COVID, really did take on another job. I, I became a, uh, a a charter jet pilot, so I fly Lear jets now. So, um, so I've been <laughs> trying to figure out a way to record a new album that has something to do with that. I figured you probably figured it was either that or or Postmates. So why not just fly Lear jets? It seems like yeah exactly <laughs> well you want to play one more thing for us sure i mean i do have the the, the channel up on true fire um and i was uh, working today somebody requested my melancholy baby so i've been okay. playing around with that today uh so so here's a little my melancholy baby in the key of c major nice
Very nice. Very nice. So thank you. Yeah, that was great. So I think, you know, we're, we're kind of running out of time. I wanted to, you know, have a big discussion between Vinny and Pat on which is the better ocean, the Atlantic or the Pacific, but we're going to have to do that <laughs> in a future episode. <laughs> but before we go, I, you know, one topic that we kind of, I, I saw one of Joe's videos recently came out. I can't remember when I saw it, but I loved the title of it. It was just called Talent is BS. <laughs> Joe, do you want to, you know, expand on that a little bit? Well, sure. Yeah, I actually posted it a year from today, you know, a, 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 year, a year ago. Um, so I was thinking about that video recently, and, uh, you know, I had a tremendous reaction from it. I had so many people reach out to me. <clears throat> you know, a lot, a lot of people push back against it, but ba basically, you know, I just described my experience with learning to play the guitar, and uh, I do get frustrated when people underestimate their own ability to to play a musical instrument, for example, and they say, oh, I don't have the talent. <laughs> and I think, you know, it does take a lot of time and, uh, and patience and deliberate practice, you know, to, to develop musical skills. But that's, that's I mean, be, being... Not being willing to put in the time is one thing, but, but saying that you don't have a talent is another. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to hear everyone's view, view, view on that. But the, the way I described it, and I've been influenced by people like Anders Ericsson, who has a great book called Peak, which is just about, you know, he was kind of the starter of the 10,000-hour mm -hmm. idea. And um, basically I said it seems to me to be a combination of Focus, flair, and feedback. So focus is, you know, practicing and, and uh, practicing deliberately, working on specific musical things. And it's actually about doing less. So when I was, you know, growing up and practicing like, like a madman, I wasn't going out and partying with my friends, mainly because I grew up in the bush and there was only like, you know, the, the cows to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we and you know flair is important, you know flair f l a i r, which is just kind of enjoying playing and getting a sense of you know I did figuring this out. For me, piano was an instrument that I just didn't have any kind of a flair for. I didn't like it. And feedback, which I think is critical, is you know having good mentors and good people around you and people to encourage you. And uh, yeah, just a really good en environment. You know, I grew up in a musical community, so I think those factors are uh, what makes you know a, 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 an accomplished musician. That's that's my view. The more I think about it, the the, the more I agree with it. And uh, and I think you know a lot of people have this idea that some people are just blessed with talent and some people aren't and I think that's that's just not accurate. Pat and I mean I agree with you completely I've always <clears throat> considered uh, interest and desire more important than the actual talent because if you have the desire to sit in a room for eight hours a day <laughs> you're gonna be the best player <laughs> you can be uh, whatever level that comes out to is probably more important than a cat that can do something easily something simple easily the first time. Pat, Vinny, do you have any thoughts on this? 
Well, I think it's you, really difficult to make it look this easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, somebody said something about it looking easy uh, a while ago, but uh, I mean, Joe, you you nailed it. I mean, you've got to. It takes a lot of time, and uh, and you have to love having the instrument in your hand. I mean, you've got to do it a lot, or you're not going to do it enough. Probably, like you know. So you, when you found the guitar instead of the piano, yeah, probably probably totally did it. Yeah, you. It just. Yeah. It's amazing. It's an it's a building process. Uh, I, sometimes I can't even believe how many years I've been playing so far. You know, and I still love playing and play every day. Uh, so it got to just keep doing it. You know, and you build on it. Cool. Well, I think we're going to end with this. Uh, but I want to thank you guys all for coming again. Pat Kelly, our Los Angeles representative, our senator from the great musical state of. Uh, Tennessee, Joe Robinson, <laughs> and Thank of course, <laughs> Vinny from New York, always a pleasure to see you guys. Now, I am going to be in Nashville twice this year, Joe, so hopefully I'll get to see you and hang out a little bit. Great, uh, Billy. Look forward to catching up, man. Yeah, and uh, Vinny, I will actually be out on Long Island a couple of times again this year, so hopefully you can come hang a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Let, let, me, let me know, please. And uh, Pat, I'll be in L.A. a lot. So uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll see you soon. I have a big, uh, just I, we talked about some of the shows before, but I have a, a big, huge extravaganza we're planning for the one-year anniversary. So stay posted. If you're not on the mailing list, please do. Thank you for the tips, those of you who sent something in. It's not too late. If you get an idea tomorrow or you're listening to this in archive or the podcast, uh, you know, uh, go ahead and do that if you'd like to help us out. Also, it, this we do release this as a podcast. comes out usually the Friday afterwards. I pretty up all the audio, compress it, make it sound great, and release it as a podcast. And that's been going great. We're getting more listeners all the time. So if you are listening to this, you've made it all the way to the end, and you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, I, what are you waiting for? Just go ahead and click subscribe <laughs> and check it out. We're going to have a lot of fun with these, and they'll just get better as time goes on. And uh, that's all I have to say. I'm going to play the outro video, and I hope you guys will watch it because I spend hours on these things. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that's all I've got for this week. And thank you again, Pat, Joe, and Vinny. Thanks for your time. I know it's late for some of you guys out there, but uh, we'll hope to see you all soon. Thanks for joining us at Live at Zero BPM. These videos will be archived on YouTube and Facebook, so tell your friends. These Jazz Roundtable shows will also be released as a podcast, so please subscribe. Coming up on Tuesday, May 18th, it's the Jazz Roundtable number six, Wrecking Crew Night, featuring Don Peak and Don Randy. Showtime, 7 to 8 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And as always, it's free, though donations are greatly appreciated. Go to live at 0ppm.com for details and to sign up for our mailing list. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See you soon.